This is a podcast by The Straits Times. It's just over the two-year mark since the Unleash the Raw project was launched with an aim to galvanise the nation's football ecosystem and bring sustainable success to Singapore football. At the heart of the project is a long-term plan to improve the standards of Singapore football across all levels. So what has happened in these two years? What can Singaporeans expect? And what about current results? Hi, I'm ST Sports reporter Deepanraj Ganesan and I've got the chief of UTR himself to answer these questions. In the studio with me is Mr. Eric Chua, who's a Senior Parliamentary Secretary for Culture, Community and Youth. Eric, welcome to the show. First of all, I just want to ask you, uh, you seem to have a lot of hats, uh, a lot of running around, I suppose. How do you handle it all? Well, I don't really have a secret formula, but I guess you just wing it. And a lot of times it's uh, improvisation, making sure that things work. So I live from a day-to-day basis, um, get around, uh, you know, appointment to appointment, meeting to meetings. But I think, well, we go by. Yeah. So I suppose it's passion that really uh, burns through uh, in all these jobs that you do. I think a lot of the things that I do, uh, we see the the purpose and uh, the meaning behind uh, is um, its objectives, and that's that's what really drives you know drives you on a day to day basis and on in the long term as well. All right. Uh, let's get into uh, Unleash the Raw project. Sure. Uh, it's been over two years since uh, UTR was announced. Mm. Uh, what is your assessment so far, and what are some of the important milestones that uh, you think UTR has achieved? Right. Well, talk about football, talk about UTR, I think it's first to perhaps start off with why UTR in the first place. So I think there's a recognition that today, in terms of football, we're not doing that great. Right? Our FIFA ranking, I just checked before stepping to the studio just now, is about it's 160. I mean, we have seen better times. Our best FIFA ranking ever was 73. And uh, 160 is way um, off that. And I believe our average ranking in FIFA was about 124, if I'm not wrong. And also our recent, uh, you know, endeavours uh, in the AFF Cup, especially the the match against Malaysia, I think that contributed to the fact that, you know, people have this general perception that, well, for football, we're not in a good place. And I, I tend to agree with that. But I think let's start off perhaps this uh, session with a very clear-eyed admission that we are not in a state that we want to be today, but it is not something that happened overnight. So we didn't have a collapse of Singapore football just overnight, you know. It happened over years. We probably didn't get some of the things right. We don't have the talent pipeline set out for future generations. And that's why we truly started uh, Unleash the Raw, UTR, two years ago in 2021. And I think our objective really is to make sure that we can have a very concerted and coordinated plan to uplift every aspect of Singapore football. And why are we doing that? You, you might ask me. So I think you definitely agree with me, but I'm sure most of our listeners will also agree with me that football is special. Football has that magic where you can really bring everyone of different creed, language, uh, race, and different backgrounds on the same pitch, in the same stadium, all right, in the teams, and amongst fans, brings everyone together, 50,000, 60,000 people together. And I think football is in a unique position, and we have seen that before, when Singapore football was in a better place uh, in the 90s, in the early 2000s, in the 80s for sure, and in the 70s as well. Yeah, so we want to bring that back and we want to do that through Anish Raw. Okay, and of course, we've got a good understanding of why UTR has been has been set up. And I agree with you, I think football is a, is a special game, a special sport that can bring and unite Singaporeans. But as I mentioned earlier, you know, we're into more than two years since uh, it was announced. In your words, what do you think are some of the important 
milestones that we have reached and maybe for those who haven't really been following, uh, what has been done since UTR was set up? Well, let me just perhaps also set things in the context. Uh, to start off, we just exited, so to speak, uh, the pandemic yes, with the recent conversion to mm-hmm. Green. In the past two, three years, we were grappling with, you know, uh, heightened alerts, you know, Titan, uh, SMMs and all that. So groups of two, five, eight, we have seen all those variations. I don't think we need to drag everyone through those uh, uh, slightly more... Uh, Trying times, right? (laughs) Trying times is the right way to describe it. (laughs) Yeah, so it was against that backdrop that we tried to get things going. And uh, I think we have made some good progress uh, over the past two years. So we have started our school football academies last year. Today, we have 12, including two who are catering for our girls. And we hope to bring that number to 16 by next year, 2024. And uh, in our ideal state, we hope to have 1,400 boys and girls playing in our school football academy system and uh, today, we are at about slightly over the halfway mark. We have about 7, 13 children, all right, young ones, who are playing football on a regular basis, highly competitive environment. And of this 713, we have about 90 of them, 92 of them, in fact, uh, are girls. So what is the purpose of SFA, you might ask me? Really is to give our young footballers in Singapore another avenue for them to be in constant touch with regular quality training. They train up to four times a week. And this is in direct contrast to uh, other non-SFA schools. And we do have a band of coaches made up of, uh, you know, coaches we have brought in from Spain. La Liga is is our partner in Spain. And also youth coaches. And that is... That team is backed up by the full weight of uh, what we have in Singapore in terms of uh, sports science, for instance, from uh, Singapore Sport Institute, SSI, as well as National Youth Sport Institute. So just last year, we also had our boys, our first batch of boys, 20 of them, 12 and 13-year-olds who were sent to ESC Madrid for a month-long boot camp. I think a lot of them, for a lot of them, it was a pivotal experience Mm -hmm. because it meant... uh, they, they had about three matches that they played with, uh, you know, their, their, their peers who were in the, almost the same age groups. And I think what, that's what we want to do, really, to make sure that uh, we have uh, our young ones opening up their eyes to competition, not just within Singapore, but also all around the world. And these are our markers so far. So SFAs, as well as our, our trip overseas. That's perhaps the first of many more to come. Mm-hmm. This year and onwards, uh, we have uh, many things that we have set out to do. So, Minister Edwin Tong has announced uh, we have set up the National Development Centre. So, the frequency and training of uh, and the quality of training will go up. What do we mean by NDCs? I mean, very simply put, it just means at different age groups, putting together the best of the best to make sure that in a week, they will still remain with the clubs and academies, uh, make no mistake. But we will bring them together a couple of times in a week just to make sure that they are amongst the best. Because we are a small ecosystem, right? To make sure that we, the quality of training and the quality of competition can go up, you have to make sure that you bring the best together. And, and I think that's our way of dealing with the fact that we are quite uh, handicapped by the small, relatively small ecosystem that we have here. In terms of talent, we are a small country again. By the law of numbers, uh, you know, we've got to make sure that every single talent that we can find and that we can get is held closely, held tightly. And uh, this year, I think under the FAS, we have also set up uh, a scouting mechanism. It's the first time that we have, we are taking scouting quite seriously and in a very systematic manner. So we are harnessing our coaches, harnessing our ex-internationals to be a part of this scouting uh, network. 
And really, the intention is to make sure that we can continue to make sure that every talent that we have, whether they're in Singapore, they're in our private academies and club system, they're in the AFA, uh, DCs, or they're in the SFAs, we have a handle of who they are and we can journey with them, or even if they're overseas for that matter, be able to bring them back at some point in time if they're keen. One last thing I'll touch on before I just uh, take on the next question really is about our uh, announcements that have been made in in, uh, in the COS this year by Minister Edwin that we're giving out scholarships. We will want to send our best boys and girls overseas in a daily training as well as a competitive environment that is uh, not like any other you can find in Singapore. Because we'll do that for the best of our boys and girls each year if we can send a handful of them overseas. I think that's where we want to get to. And it's something exciting and it hasn't, hasn't been done before in Singapore history. And I think that's what we eagerly look forward to as well. Fantastic. Uh, a lot of uh, things to look forward to. Uh, but in any project that comes up, I think what's important also is to find out things that need to be fixed, right? So any project, be it in football or, or other sports, there's always an obvious issue that you want to fix. And from what you're saying, you know, a lack of uh, a talent pipeline is, is one that, of course, was identified pretty early on. Uh, but based on your engagement with uh, the FAS or people in the fraternity, what are some of the other issues that you have picked out that you know, need to be fixed for Singapore football to prosper? Uh, that's a tough question, Deepan, but I think uh, if I can, if you allow me to be brutally honest, I think it is really about a change in mindset and culture. And for that, I'm talking about the change in mindset and culture for different stakeholders in the ecosystem. We're talking about our players, our coaches, administrators, like us in Sports Singapore, MCCY, FAS, even parents. To that, I would say that there are, there are some sacred counts to slay. So for instance, Parents, uh, do we have to think that football and studies are either one or the other? Can we have the cake and, and eat it? I, I think we have to come to terms with the fact that there are many who have walked this path who can do well both in studies and, and in the sport. Players-wise, I think we've got to really take a very methodical and uh, systematic approach to honing our skills, right? So it's not just taking football seriously, but perhaps after training, not having that McDonald's meal or not having that fast food meal, um, or not having soft drinks after football for hydration purposes, that's not a good option, much less uh, other, other habits like uh, smoking. So I think whether we can have a very disciplined approach to how we approach uh, football as a high-performance sport, I think amongst players, that's, that's another thing. Schools-wise, the priority should not be just to dominate the national school games. That is perhaps uh, the vision of perhaps some schools nowadays. But I think if we take a more player development-centric approach. That is what we are trying to advocate through UTR, but that's not something that uh, perhaps everyone would be able to wrap their heads around. Coaches-wise, also, it is a journey for the players, you know, the entire football ecosystem, but it's also a journey for the coaches as well. Uh, whether they are able to, through Unleash the Raw, also upgrade themselves. Um, so the goal might not be to take on as many schools as they can, but to really take a development approach for the coaches as well. For administrators, what are the role? What is the role of the SPL? What is the role of the league? And we're talking about viable career options, not just for our footballers, but also for other uh, professions in the ecosystem, like sports scientists, sport uh, marketing professionals, sports psychologists. So there's a lot of critical rethink about the entire ecosystem that we need to look at. I don't think we can solve each and every one of this just one fell swoop. It takes time. It takes time to change mindsets as well. Um, but we are talking about challenging existing mental models, which is just tough. 
find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. And now back to my conversation with UTR Executive Committee Chairman, Mr. Eric Chua. And while UTR is a long-term project, uh, in the interim, uh, results have not been great. And when I take to Facebook after Singapore's matches uh, and, and I look at the comments, which I probably shouldn't do, uh, I see a lot of comments, you know, oh, UTR, UTR, and then the results are like that. Yeah. Which shows, you know, uh, there's this lack of understanding from fans that UTR cannot be an immediate fix. Mm. Uh, I'm sure you you see some of these comments sometimes. Yes. Are you frustrated by the lack of understanding and or, or do you understand where these fans are coming from? I do, actually. I do, I do. Actually, depend when I chat with my own friends uh, over a drink or two and we talk about football, many of them ask me, Hey, Eric Chua, why you do this? Uh? You sell? Uh? <laughs> But I think fundamentally it's coming from a point where I still believe in Singapore football. Look, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. I was in a stadium. I was not a great footballer, all right? Um, uh, I just don't want, to, uh, don't want to be an imposter in all this, right? But I was a fan. And those were times where all of us, you know, uh, when the nat- national team played in Kalang Stadium, all of us knew when they scored because everybody would be tuning in. And when they scored, you don't need to know. You don't need to check YouTube or check uh, Google. You just need to hear because everybody will be cheering whether they are in the stadium or outside the stadium. And I don't need to even talk about the Kalang Raw. And I do hope that our young ones have a chance to, to really experience the Kalang Raw because we haven't quite seen that the energies uh, in recent years. I can understand where fans are coming from because as I said right at the start of this uh, podcast that uh, you know we are not in a good place in Singapore football. And people have opinions and people uh, uh, say the things they say because they're passionate. Actually, I'll be even more worried if they are nonchalant and they don't really, they bo up about what's going on in Singapore football. And to be fair, I don't think our fans are unreasonable at all. I mean, if you think back, the, you know, two uh, boxing days ago when we played against the Indons in the, in the, in the AFF Cup sem- semis, mm-hmm. we lost, but we won the hearts of the fans. If you stayed back, uh, of that 10,000 fans who were present in the National Stadium that night, you can feel the electricity in the air. And that was, that was what I was talking about. I was there in the stands with our fans. And when we, when we sang Majula Singapore, that's exactly, that gives me renewed belief in what we're doing in Alishtaro. So to our fans, I would just say this, you know, we are, we are not trying to cook instant noodles. We can't. When you get instant noodles, I mean, the quality of food is instant noodles quality. La. But we're trying to perhaps make a double-boiled tonic soup. La. Mm. It takes time. <laughs> so give us some, some years, you know. I think we are talking about five, six, seven, or six, seven, eight years for talent, for the pipeline to really shine through. Okay. Uh, moving on to the Singapore Premier League, uh, my favourite uh, my favorite topic <laughs> okay. of conversation. All right. Uh, where does the Singapore Premier League sit in, in all of this? How important is the Singapore Premier League in terms of the success or, or, or what UTR is trying to do? Short answer, very important. It is, the SPL is the receptacle for many of our footballing talents, uh, our national team players and also professionals. It is also the aspirational vision for future generations. So the young ones, when they see SPL footballers, you know, they should be seeing somebody they aspire to become and they should see, you know, through the SPL, football as a viable career. And we are talking about an overall standard of professionalism 
uh, not just in terms of the football players themselves, but also in terms of sports science, sports marketing, psychology, coaching, scouting and talent ID and all. And that's from a professional point of view, you know, the importance of the SPL. From a fans' engagement point of view, I think uh, a good match day experience. Of course, uh, you can talk about the bells and whistles, but I think if you can work in all of that, but you don't, you fail to work at the football elements of the, the game, I think those will ring hollow. Well, what we want to do for fans is really to make sure that we can uh, kind of bring up some tribalism at the local level. Yeah, uh, and it, through the SPL. But when the national team plays, the, all that tribalism fades away for a national sense of tribalism. And I think that's what we are trying to get at through the SPL. I have to ask, how involved is uh, UTR going to be in the, the running of the league? Uh, there have been rumours on the ground that, that UTR could perhaps take over the running of the league in 2024. Is there any truth to that? So this thing about taking over, <laughs> who's going to run, who's not going to run, I think come back to the fundamental question, what is UTR? What is what is Unleashed Raw? As I mentioned, it's about uplifting Singapore football. The BONO is our national team to make sure the national team does well. And SPL being an important receptacle for many of our national team players is important. Now, who is in UTR. Perhaps useful to look at the composition of UTR today. I head up the executive committee for MC, representing MCCY. My co-chair, deputy co, co-deputy chair is a backup button. And uh, we do have parents in the mix as well as part of the ex-co. Uh, Mingwei is there. We have players, former players as well. We have uh, Lionel Lewis who is there. So what we are trying to signal is that for UTR to work, it has got to be a whole of Singapore effort. I know whole of society, whole of Singapore is probably a much cliched term that we have always heard about. But I think we really need that all hands on deck mentality. It's not about, you know, government, not about FAS, but it's really about everyone pulling together on this little red dot to work together. What needs to be done? Plenty. Professionalizing, as I've mentioned, you know, the different age groups, our women's teams, uh, perhaps bringing in foreign players to make sure that the center of play uh, in the U in the SPL can be uh, can be enhanced to really bring out the marketing potential of the league, and in terms of fan activation, you know, uh, driving football as a sport for good and uh, football as being a part of the community, doing good together with the community. I think those are also important messages we should work at. So, would you say then that if UTR were to take over the running of the league, what changes is that there are fresh hands, fresh perspectives? Uh, when it comes to running of the league, is that the change that we need, do you think? So, coming back to what you just said, I don't think it's about taking over. It's about really making sure that everyone holds hands. So, it's MCCY, Sports Singapore, FAS, you know, the different stakeholder groups coming together to make sure that SPL evolves in a way such that it is useful and also a value-adding part of the ecosystem for you know, many of our national team players and also aspiring footballers and our professional footballers. You, you know, at the end of the day, I think um, besides the fact that I'm a journalist, uh, uh, someone who really likes football, I am a SPL fan at the end of the day. Give me something to look forward to. You know, what, what can I, as a fan of the Singapore Premier League, uh, expect the league to be in the coming years under this whole UTR plan? What, what can I look forward to? So, I mean, recent tweaks we have made, these are minor ones, low-hanging fruits. Uh, for instance, uh, improve, improving match day experience. I think that's what the team is looking at right now, the FMB concessions that we are talking about. Changing our kickoff timings from uh, 5.30 to 6pm on weekends. I think that's also coming off the back of uh, feedback that we received from our fans and from our, uh, you know, constituents. I think we have also, re- we have also recently improved the VAR uh, capabilities. In fact, we are the second professional league in ASEAN to do so. 
I think improving the match day experience, improving the quality of play, those will be important keystrokes that we'll be making. Uh, are there other areas that you've identified as things that uh, you know needs to change in the SPL? If you think about improving the standard of play, as we are working on our talent pipeline, perhaps another, you know, another way in which we can quite quickly, you know, uplift the standard of play in the SPL. Perhaps might be we might be talking about foreign players, we might be talking about foreign teams. So whatever it is, I think the let's not forget lose sight of the important objective that uh, really the, the plan is to let uh, the national team flourish. So whatever we do in SPL, it is uh, improving the quality of play in the league. That's really imperative for us. But even as I talk about that, the, the difficulty in the SPL piece is that you can't do each of these things in silo. So for instance, you want to bring in players, but that costs a bit of money. Uh, you want to uh, you know, up the level of play. You want to really do a lot of things. But uh, how are you going to do it? I think we need to be really deliberate and really you know, careful in the way that we plan for these approaches. So, we, uh, just to explore that, you know, when you say uh, foreign players currently in the in the in the SPL, there's four foreign players in a in a team. Is that a possibility to look at you know increasing the four to five and perhaps six even? Uh, and you know, how do you think that will help to enhance the league? So, is it a short term fix to help improve the quality of the league? My personal view is that yes, definitely, there's scope for us to do it, and I think we should do it sooner rather than later to have more foreign players. To me, that's a quick fix in terms of getting in more foreign players to uh, up the level of uh, the game, up the intensity of the game because uh, I think that would change up the tone of play on the pitch. What, what about the number of teams? Uh, of course, I think Singaporeans definitely want to see more local teams uh, come into the league. By the end of the day, I, I can see the fact that you can't just bring a team for the sake of it just to make up numbers then you know does it really improve the quality of the league you know it doesn't do that objective so of course the next thing to look at will be to try and add foreign teams have discussions taken place uh, to try and add these foreign teams um, I, I have seen uh, some representatives from from certain Thai clubs coming to, to Singapore to have conversations yes um, how far are these talks and can we expect to see more foreign teams in the league so what we are talking about I think this past few questions we're talking about tactical decisions. So whether we get more foreign players, whether we get more foreign teams coming into our local ecosystem. But I think we need to have a strategy discussion as to what we'll do with the SPL. And until which time our strategy is fixed, and I would say very candidly that we are still working through um, what approach we might take in terms of changing up the direction of the SPL. I think until which time that uh, approach is fixed, uh, then we can talk really quite uh, concretely about the tactical moves that we'll make. Uh, in a previous interview, uh, FAS President uh, Bernard Tan had mentioned possible foreign investments into the Singapore Premier League. So, like I mentioned earlier, is UTR in talks with uh, any of these foreign entities? And does turning SPL into a regional league by getting more foreign outfits? So right now, we have Brunei DPMM, uh, we have Elbricks Nigata. Uh, like I said, I've seen representatives from uh, BG Patum uh, at, at our stadiums. Uh, does turning SPL into a regional league by getting more foreign outfits make it more attractive to these investors? So if you have a team from Thailand, a team from Brunei, does this mean it's, it's easier for investors to come in? Do you think that's something that you've looked at? That's a possible approach. And I think for, for sure, if your question is really about are we talking to these people and wh whether we are having discussions with them, the answer is yes, we are talking. We are talking behind the scenes. But unfortunately, as even though many of them are keen to speak to us, I don't have anything sufficiently advanced such that I can share with all our listeners. And also, it wouldn't be wise for me to just uh, drop names now and then make the next group that wants to talk to me run away. Mm -hmm. right? So <laughs> yes. I want to be able to have a good sense of who might 
possible play partners might be and then make a good judgment from there. Uh, my last question uh, is, in 11 years' time, you know what needs to have happened for UTR to be considered a success and what would be a failure? Well, a few things. I think in, in, terms, in terms of the youth talent pipeline, I hope to see one that is brimming with activity. A lot of youth players coming through the pipelines. In terms of our national team, I hope there's one that is doing well regionally and also can hold its own internationally. And for some of our top national team players to be playing in top leagues overseas, outside of Singapore. Locally, I hope to see a SPL uh, that is vibrant, that's, that boasts respectable levels of play. And also, I think more importantly, I hope to be able to see once again an unadulterated, electrifying, original version of the Kalang Raw back in Singapore. You know, people knowing the Singapore team name every player's in, inside out, you know, no problems. And people turning out in full force whenever the national team, especially when they play at the national stadiums and having, you know, the knowledge of when we score without ever the need to go to YouTube, check out our scores on Google and whatnot. I think that is the vision of where I want to get to. Failure on the other hand, well, is to still be having this conversation with you 11 years down the road. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Eric, I think you spoke very well on all the issues and how you plan to fix it. Uh, like you, I hope that you know Singapore football continues to improve and one day we'll be talking about possible Asian Cup qualification or even SEA Games goal like you mentioned. Thank you, Eric. Thanks very much. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.